This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Plus CBD by CV Sciences. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD oil to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences. And now I'm excited about a new product from Plus CBD, Plus CBD Maximum Strength Soft Gels. They provide higher levels of CBD for the greatest impact on everyday health. And with pre-measured servings and no hemp flavor, Plus CBD Maximum Strength Soft Gels are a no-mess, no-fuss way to take advantage of CBD's myriad of benefits. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com and use coupon code HOFFMAN for 20% off. That's pluscbdoil.com. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine, America's foremost program on health, medicine, and nutrition, featuring the latest on both conventional and alternative therapies. Now, here's Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine, second hour of our weekend edition of Intelligent Medicine, wherein we take your questions, 877-726-8255, and we've got a lot of uh, interesting features lined up for you, and we're going to do a deep dive on the subject of uh, exercise. And uh, the question is, is too much exercise bad for you? And uh, if you overexert yourself, what are some of the ways that you can reduce the uh, inflammation that occurs with exercise? Those subjects coming up this hour. 877-726-8255 is our number. And let's uh, start with Wayne in Wisconsin. How you doing? Good. Uh, good day, uh, Dr. Uh, Hoffman. I've been a long-time listener, and thanks for my call. i got two quick questions for you related sure. to the COVID-19. Great. I saw a program on last Sunday, and a person that was supposed to be in the know uh, it said that the, the, the vaccines might only last for a couple to a few months. They don't know yet, so they're not a permanent thing. And I wanted to find out what your take is on that, and also I wanted to find out how long can that virus live on surfaces, uh, like hard surfaces, your mail, or whatever? Okay, a couple of good questions. Well, first of all, when it comes to the duration of uh, the immunity conferred by the vaccine, we simply don't know, because the vaccine trials uh, were undertaken last year, late last year, and uh, the vaccine was, quote, effective, but the question is, will immunity wane? And there are a couple of factors uh, involved there. Uh, it is thought that uh, a natural infection with COVID-19 may confer more immunity than the vaccine. On the other hand, there are some studies that suggest that the vaccine uh, actually gives you a more durable and more complete immunity than having the infection. And it may depend on which vaccine you get, because there are several different vaccines out there. Some may be uh, better or worse than natural infection at conferring protection. The good news is that, uh, according to some recent studies, uh, having a natural effect infection with COVID-19 uh, confers long-lasting protection for, at the very least, months and perhaps for years, and maybe for some individuals for a lifetime. But here's the problem. Uh, the uh, virus is changing. And uh, we're looking very carefully at a new variant of the virus that is rearing its ugly head in South Africa, the so-called South African vari variant. Uh, and that 
uh, is changing significantly from uh, the virus that the original vaccines were targeted towards. And there is a possibility, according to some early research, that uh, the vaccines that we now use will only be partially effective in some individuals uh, against the new strains. We don't know. And we, you know, so far, the South African strain has not emerged yet in the United States, uh, but that's always a possibility or other strains may emerge. Okay, so when it comes to uh, uh, how long will the uh, virus remain on a surface, that's a question that keeps coming up. And there were some scary statistics early on in the pandemic saying that the virus could live for days on certain surfaces. Uh, that's kind of an outlier situation. And it was also based on uh, picking up very, very tiny traces of the uh, RNA, of the genetic material of the virus. And that does not necessarily equate to um, viable viral particles that can infect you. So notwithstanding the evidence that, yeah, you can pick up these traces for up to days on, you know, certain surfaces, and it varies the material, you know, whether it's paper or wood or plastic or metal, uh, there's, there's different statistics about each of them. Um, it's now suggested that it's very unlikely that people are catching the virus from surfaces. And the other point to be made is that who these days uh, goes out and like licks uh, the surface of a, a luncheon counter or something like that. You know, people just don't do that. And uh, the other thing that people don't do very much is touch surfaces and then stick their fingers in their eyes or in their noses. I think, you know, statistically, if we did a study on nose picking, which is a pretty prevalent, it's kind of not, not pleasant to discuss, but a lot of people pick their noses. And some of you out there may be guilty of this. I bet you're doing that a lot less these days. At the very least, you're washing your hands pretty carefully before you insert your digits into your eyes or your nose. I hope most people are doing that. I think people's habits are changing. And so even if theoretically there are some live products on a, uh, live particles on a surface, uh, we're getting a lot less of those introduced into our mucous membranes. Uh, there's not a lot of evidence that um, viral particles are ingested either. So that uh, burrito that you're getting uh, delivered to you that may be handled by uh, a worker uh, who has COVID-19, that's not like, you know, you're going to eat it and your uh, digestive um, juices and hydrochloric acid, pancreatic enzymes are going to break it down, break down the virus before the virus uh, managed to attach itself, adhere to your intestinal lining and become absorbed into your system. That's unlike other viruses, hepatitis, uh, A, highly transmissible via food, food contamination, and other viruses, but not so much this one. Cyber virus is different, and it's, it's more likely that this is airborne, you know, through talking, sneezing, coughing, or just being in proximity to somebody who's exhaling viral particles. So there you have it. Good, good call, Wayne. Thanks for listening. Keep it up. 877-726-8255. I promised to tackle uh, this subject. Uh, it's about the, the controversial notion that um, uh, alcohol, particularly wine, is heart healthy. You know, you've heard that. It's like, and actually for a while, cardiologists were encouraging people to uh, take up 
uh, a little wine drinking, you know, have a, a couple of glasses of wine because it protects the heart. And in fact, studies do show that the incidence of atherosclerotic disease, uh, a.k.a. Um, blockage of the arteries leading to heart attacks, uh, is somewhat reduced by alcohol consumption. That's a true fact. Regardless how you feel about alcohol from like a moral standpoint or societal standpoint, there's some evidence that moderate alcohol consumption reduces the risk of heart attacks. But the heart is a multifaceted organ. It can go haywire uh, in a variety of ways. And one of the ways it can go haywire is when you develop an arrhythmia. And that's a pretty common problem. Atrial fibrillation afflicts a high percentage of individuals over the age of 65 or 70. And so they did a study published in the European Heart Journal that looked at whether drinking alcohol had an impact on atrial fibrillation. Now, we've known for a long time that drinking a lot of alcohol definitely increases the risk of cardiac arrhythmias. Uh, and uh, this goes back to when I was in my medical training, when I was um, interning at the VA hospital here in Manhattan. Uh, we hated being on duty on the 4th of July, on Christmas, on New Year's. Big holidays brought us an influx of patients which had holiday heart. Uh, some of these hard-drinking veterans um came in with cardiac arrhythmias because they did a bender during holidays and it caused them to go into atrial fibrillation or some other dangerous heart arrhythmia. But what about moderate alcohol consumption? You know, the kind of alcohol consumption we're talking about to protect the heart? Well, they did a study and they said that compared to drinking no alcohol at all, just one alcoholic drink a day was linked to a 16% increased risk of atrial fibrillation over an average follow-up time of nearly 14 years. Now, lest you think that this dictates absolute prohibition of alcohol, because 16% increased risk, what does that mean? Let's translate that statistically. It means that while four teetotalers in 100 might develop atrial fibrillation over the period of the study, five per 100 might develop the condition if they consumed alcohol, starting with slightly more than an alcoholic drink a week. Uh, and if more than 75% of them consumed up to one drink a day. Okay, so it, even a little bit of alcohol slightly increases your risk of atrial fibrillation, but the risk is not profound unless you get to high intakes of alcohol. So uh, there you have it, you know, so, you know, like many things, it's good for some things, not good for others. Uh, I counsel moderation, and if you're not drinking, that's okay too. And if you've got atrial fibrillation and you're in and out of atrial fibrillation, consider kicking the bottle altogether because even small amounts of alcohol may uh, increase the likelihood that your atrial fibrillation will get worse. 877-726-8255 is our number. More practical information coming up on today's edition of Intelligent Medicine. As an Intelligent Medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. 
That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. That's drhoffmanstore.com. drhoffmanstore.com. The pursuit of a healthy immune system is so important for our long-term health. And being healthy for the long-term is everyone's goal, right? So which immune health supplement is recommended for those who also have cardiovascular concerns? Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract. Aged garlic extract, regarded as one of the leading natural heart health supplements, has been clinically proven to help reduce high blood pressure and inflammation. Experts believe this alleviates demands on the body's energy stores, freeing it up to fight invaders. The result? A more responsive immune system. Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract begins with 100% organically grown garlic and is the most scientifically researched, highest quality, and best-selling odorless garlic extract supplement. And for extra support, get Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract Immune Formula 103. Try Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract for a healthy heart and a healthy immune system. Discover more at kyolic.com. That's K-Y-O-L-I-C.com. Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman here taking your phone calls, 877-726-8255. We'll talk about uh, exercise momentarily, but first let's take a call from Carol. Welcome. Hello. Hi, Carol. You're in New Hi. York City, huh? You're yes. uh, right in ground zero of the pandemic. <laughs> Maybe so, but uh, my, my, I listen to you every Saturday. However, my question is, if you test positive for having the antibodies, should you uh, take the virus? Is it dangerous or better? The vaccine, uh, you mean? Take the the vaccine. vaccine, I mean, yeah. 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 So the, that's a very interesting question. And uh, it is actually something that has not really been tested out. Uh, there were too few people in the clinical trials who had already had COVID-19 uh, to determine if... Um, a, uh, you get additional protection from taking the vaccine, uh, or if you even need it, uh, or potentially if you develop something called an ADE, and that's become a buzzword uh, among people who are concerned about the vaccine. That stands for antibody-dependent enhancement. And what that means is that um, if you prevent present the immune system with something that the immune system has already experienced, is it possible that the immune system will go, oh my goodness, here comes another virus. Let's rev up the immune response, but to the point where you can get an immune system meltdown. And this has occurred with certain other vaccines, notably uh, the dengue virus vaccine, uh, which became kind of a fiasco because of ADE. Uh, they say... The powers that be, uh, the current narrative is that um, that is not a big problem. But I think we need uh, a little more experience with the vaccines to see if that emerges as a problem. Uh, the other possibility is um, 
conversely, what if you take the um, if you if you take the vaccine uh, and then you're exposed to the virus, will you get an, an over exuberant immune response? That's also something uh, that needs to be um, looked at. If certain individuals will, I mean, for the most part, that did not occur in the clinical trials, but the clinical trials uh, looked at uh, perhaps a few hundred individuals. Uh, who came down with COVID-19 after the vaccine. And what we're getting now is we're getting millions of people taking the vaccine and the potential for uh, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people uh, to get exposed to the virus. And then what happens? Will they have mild infections? Will they have exaggerated immune responses? That's kind of the converse of what we're talking about. So the official position is like, yeah, just in case, you know, even if you've already had COVID-19, uh, it's okay to take the vaccine. You'll get some additional protection. But I personally, I would advise a patient, if you've already had um, the virus and you have antibodies, I would wait. I would simply wait. I would not uh, go ahead and take it. Okay. Uh, because you've got the natural immunity. Thanks very much for your call. All right. Uh, this item uh, has to do with exercise. You know, there's been a bit of a buzz about exercise. You know, just like, uh, you know, man bites dog, dog bites man, dog bites man. Not a big story, but man bites dog. Hmm. That's a big story. So what they're saying uh, recently is that, you know, they say exercise is so good for you, but too much exercise could be bad for you. That's become a, a common narrative that uh, there's an upper limit to how much exercise benefits you. Well, they say here, according to a big study, this is a huge study, involved more than 90,000 people studied over a five-year period. When it comes to matters of heart health, no amount of exercise is too much. There's no limit. So say scientists in research that debunks the myth that high levels of vigorous physical activity might not always be beneficial. Uh, big dividends those in the top 25% of people who engaged in vigorous intensity activity had an average reduction in risk of heart disease of between 54 and 63%. So uh, they say here, this debunks the myth that there's a peak beyond which you should not do more exercise. And I hardly agree. I uh, practice what I preach. And I am involved in high levels of exercise myself on you know, nearly a daily basis. So when we return, we're going to talk about uh, what can you do when all that exercise causes muscle aches and inflammation. There's some interesting studies on that subject. We'll share those with you on today's edition of Intelligent Medicine. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman for Biomega Fish Oil from Biotics Research. For over 40 years, Biotics Research has been providing the highest quality supplements surpassing industry standards. Biomega Fish Oil contains therapeutic doses of vital omega-3s in the triglyceride form, which is highly bioavailable. Biotics Research ensures maximum purity and freshness by managing their fish oils from catch to capsule. For more information, go to drhoffman.com slash biotics That's drhoffman.com slash biotics for Biomega Fish Oil. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman for a suite of professional-grade products from Protocol for Life Balance, which can help manage stress and promote a positive mood. Makuna Purians, 5-HTP, and L-Tryptophan. They support proper brain and nervous system function, relaxation, and restful sleep. Their ingredients are of the highest quality and backed by solid scientific data. They're available now at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance. That's drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance for more information and to order. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman 
As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD oil to help my patients, but I also recommend CBD to healthy adults to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CB Sciences. And now I'm excited about a new product from Plus CBD, Plus CBD Maximum Strength Soft Gels. New Plus CBD Maximum Strength Soft Gels provide higher levels of CBD for the greatest impact on everyday health. This new product enables you to take fewer capsules to achieve an impactful level of CBD. And with pre-measured servings and no hemp flavor, Plus CBD Maximum Strength Soft Gels are a no-mess, no-fuss way to take advantage of CBD's myriad benefits. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com and use coupon code HOFFMAN for 20% off. That's pluscbdoil.com. Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman here, 877-726-8255 is our number for questions. And a reminder that you can uh, use that number 24-7 to uh, record a question if you can't get through during the uh, hours that we broadcast. Uh, talking about uh, exercise, and they say that there's no amount of exercise that's too much. Well, you know, there look, there's, there's some limitations. I mean, if you exercise yourself into oblivion and you uh, injure yourself or develop uh, a tear, uh, you, you, can, you can overdo it. Uh, as perhaps uh, I have this week, uh, my calves feel like hamburger because uh, I've been running a lot. I put in about 15 miles of running uh, this week. And um, that doesn't sound like much, but uh, at uh, my age, uh, running uh, three, four miles a day, every other day, uh, it puts a, a toll on your, on your muscles. And there can be what's called DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness. So it was, uh, so, so what do I do? Should I completely stop because I've got a little muscle soreness? Well, here's an article, uh, that talks about how exercise itself combats chronic inflammation. It's a fascinating study from uh, Duke University. Uh, biomedical engineers at Duke University have demonstrated that human muscle has an innate ability to ward off the damaging effects of chronic inflammation when exercised. Uh, they did an ingenious uh, experiment uh, where they took uh, lab-grown muscles and then they inundated them with high levels of an inflammatory substance, interferon gamma, to mimic the effects of chronic inflammation. Uh, and uh, what they found is that, yeah, that damages the muscles and makes them shrink. That's not good. Uh, but then, uh, since this was uh, a test tube experiment, they couldn't say, okay, muscle, you know, do some exercise. They had to stimulate the muscle with a pair of electrodes, with electro electroshock to get the muscles to re repetitively uh, contract. And what they were, what really surprised them uh, was that it almost completely prevented the effects of the chronic inflammation. So here's a quote from one of the lead authors. When exercising, the muscle cells themselves were opposing the pro-inflammatory signal induced by interferon gamma, which we did not expect to happen. Uh, so optimal levels of exercise could actually fight chronic inflammation uh, while not overstressing the, the cells. So that's this kind of nature's own anti-inflammatory 
gets released when you exercise. I mean, look, there's a point where, yeah, you overdo it. Okay, I get it. But what if you overdo it? Interesting study uh, just came out this January. Um, the effect of omega-3 polyunsaturated fatty acid supplementation on exercise-induced muscle damage. It's in the, in the Journal of the International Society of Sports Nutrition. Uh, they gave healthy males three grams per day of omega-3 supplements uh, for four weeks. Uh, and what they found that uh, they found that while performance didn't vary, you know, because they, they then tested them, they said, well, do some, um, you know, a running event. Um, and what they found is that while there was no difference in peak power or speed or performance, muscle soreness was significantly lower in the omega-3 group. So they conclude that uh, omega-3 supplementation for four weeks may successfully attenuate uh, exercise-induced muscle damage. Very cool. And, you know, one of the reasons why, um, you know, I have a lot of fatty fish, had a big portion of salmon this week, uh, had some salmon sushi last night as well. Um, and I take fish oil supplements to uh, help me uh, deal with the delayed onset muscle soreness that's inevitable when you when you work out, you know, especially at, at this age. This one also fascinates me because I take true niogen, which is a source of nicotine, uh, nicotinamide riboside, which is a precursor to NAD. NAD is a energy compound in the cells. Headline, this just out, brand new study. NAD can restore age-related muscle deterioration. Uh, the researchers in Belgium at uh, the University of Leuven uh, looked at the similarities between muscle aging and degenerative muscle diseases. And they say that actually there's a similarity between aging and what's called uh, amyloidosis uh, or inclusion body myositis. These are diseases, but you know, aging itself causes your muscles to deteriorate. Uh, so what they found was that um, giving old mice NAD boosters like nicotinamide riboside increases mitochondrial function and also reduces the accumulation of amyloid that's inevitable as the process of aging. I mean, this is one of the reasons why, you know, you're not going to see uh, in the senior Olympics uh, people competing in the, you know, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Uh, they're not going to set world records comparable to 20-year-olds. Their muscles are just older. But you can slow that process by taking uh, mitochondrial support with things like uh, NAD. And speaking of mitochondrial support, here's another of my favorite uh, ways to forestall aging uh, and alleviate fatigue. Uh, it's the only nutritional formula clinically proven to repair damaged cells and supports the mitochondria. NT factor from nutritional therapeutics. There are 34 clin clinical trials, perhaps there are more by now, that have shown that NT factor reduces fatigue by almost half. And it also has an impact on the aging process itself. NT factor is available in a variety of formulations tailored to your specific needs full-spectrum vitamin mineral formulas, immune support formulas, targeted nutrition, and pure NT factor that you can add to whatever supplement regimen you're already taking. 
I've been using Antifactor for years. Don't go a day without it. And I prescribe it to my patients. And now with a 45-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. You can find the Antifactor line of nutritional formulas at your favorite health food store or online retailer. Or to order direct, call 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158, or go to their newly redesigned, user-friendly website, ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Please check it out. All right, we got another call. Let's talk to uh, Dave in Wisconsin. How you doing, Dave? Yes, uh, I'm 91, and I've got sinus so bad. I've never had it in my life this bad. And uh, I get these, I'm going to call them nerve seizures in my nose, and I can squeeze my nose and make it quit, but it's constant. Hmm. And uh, I've tried all the sinus allergy stuff, and, and uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but cetrazine and latoridine. Yeah, all these are allergy medications. And you've been to an ear, nose, and throat doctor to make sure you don't have an infection in your sinuses? Well, I don't. I I've been to my doctor and my and primary care, and he's uh, suggested some. Uh, the last one was, uh, was it? Oh boy! Wait, so it's, so it's, yeah. So, so the, the point the point is, I mean, I think your primary care is doing the best they can uh, to treat it symptomatically. You know, give you various medications, nasal sprays, uh, nasal steroids, things like that, antihistamines. But you may need uh, to see a specialist, an ear, nose, and throat doctor, just to see precisely what's going on there. Not that that always resolves the problem. They could say, "Oh, you, you know, thank you very much. Uh, you know, you have you have sinusitis. Uh, you know, pay the receptionist on the way out." Um, so, you know, what I find is that uh, when we deal with sinusitis, uh, there are a variety of components, uh, and among them is diet. And I often suggest to people who have sinusitis that they follow a dairy-free, wheat-free diet. Now, you being from Wisconsin, that's the dairy state. I don't know, maybe patriotically you're trying to support the dairy in industry single-handedly in Wisconsin. Uh, stay off dairy products. Try to stay off uh, wheat and gluten products for a period of, you got to give it about 90 days to see if that makes a difference. Uh, give that a shot. And then when it comes to nasal hygiene, the product I like to use, it's simple, it's over the counter, you can find it. It's uh, called Clear. It's spelled X-L-E-A-R. Do that uh, twice daily. I don't know precisely what's going on with the situation. I'd have to see, you know, maybe even an MRI of your sinuses to see if there's some deep infection there. But, you know, assuming that there's not, uh, you can use uh, some natural anti-inflammatories. One of my favorites uh, for sinuses is something called Wobenzyme. It's uh, proteolytic enzymes that uh, penetrate deep into the tissue and can sometimes help to uh, quell sinusitis. Another trick uh, that can be used is to take a little bit of iodine orally. Yeah, oral iodine. Uh, you know, not more than like, uh, you know, a milligram to three milligrams daily. Um, and uh, that can actually, you know, iodine works superficially on cuts and minor abrasions, but it works also deep in the tissues if you have a chronic infection. Uh, and for some patients with sinusitis, they, they report good results when they take oral uh, iodine. You can get it from a health food store. 
um, see what the health food store guy tells you to take because that can make a little bit of a difference for your situation. So those are some tips. And, you know, what we'd like to this isn't going to work immediately, but I'd like to hear from you maybe in three months, six months to see if this has turned things around for you. All right. Give it a shot. 877-726-8255 is our number. We'll have more information teed up for you when we return. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Dr. O'Hara's probiotics, not just another powder in a capsule. With hundreds of probiotic products to choose from, what makes health experts worldwide consider Dr. O'Hara's probiotics superior? Dr. O'Hara's crowning distinction is the 500-plus postbiotic metabolites produced during its three-year fermentation process. Why are postbiotics so important? Postbiotics are vital for sustained digestive balance and overall immune health. Postbiotics are fundamental for hormonal balance, weight management, skin care, and brain health. Postbiotics are the Dr. O'Hara advantage that is essential to our health and wellness. Encapsulated in a vegetarian soft gel, Dr. O'Hara's probiotics is a live paste of 12 strains of probiotic bacteria and nourishing prebiotics from whole fruits and vegetables. Join the millions of people worldwide who know the power of Dr. O'Hara's probiotics. Go to www.essentialformulas.com today to find a retailer near you or search online. Naturally occurring black pigments in vegetables, spices, and seeds have been found to have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. Hi, this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and I'm excited about what I think may be the next big thing in anti-inflammatory supplements, a brand new, all-natural daily preventative against a host of possible inflammatory issues. Black for Health Liquid Extract from Future Farm Botanicals. Black for Health combines four plant-based foods, black garlic, black radish root, black cumin seed, and black peppercorn containing high levels of body-ready healing botanicals. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, and weight management, circulation, and immunity. It's a tasty supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. For more information, order order. Call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's myfuture. Farm, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman with you. 877-726-8255 is our number. And uh, remember that number because you can use that number uh, throughout the week to uh, call and record a question, uh, as did this individual. Let's hear it. Hi, Dr. Hoffman. Can testing your oxygen level every day be a test for COVID? I heard that if your oxygen falls under 95, it could be a risk factor. Thank you. Okay. You know, that's an interesting question. It, it, it speaks to the issue of uh, an essential piece of equipment that people should, everyone should have. And, you know, a lot of people think, well, what's that, a thermometer? Well, thermometers actually aren't very good at picking up uh, COVID-19. You know, everywhere I go, uh, you know, before they let me in, they point uh, something at my head. Uh, or the other day, they pointed at my wrist to check my temperature. Uh, but uh, a lot of people who have COVID, uh, who have the potential to be infectious, um, have normal temperatures, you know, very high percentage. It's only maybe a third of people with COVID uh, have a fever. So that's not a very good way of determining it. Well, what about uh, oxygen levels? Uh, there's a device called a pulse ox, which, uh, you know, depending on the brand you get, anywhere from 30 to, you know, maybe 100 bucks, probably not too much into the three-digit range. 
Uh, you can get something that you apply to your finger. We used to use this all the time uh, in the hospital, in the doctor's office, to determine if people had breathing problems. Uh, the problem with um, using that routinely as a way to screen for COVID is uh, you need to have some context. And the context isn't, you know, like every day you wake up and it's like checking your blood pressure. Um, you have to be feeling kind of off, a little bit sick, a little bit achy, perhaps feverish. Uh, perhaps you've got some respiratory symptoms, uh, nasal congestion or a cough, or maybe even shortness of breath. And that would be a good time to check yourself because uh, if you're unsure of uh, whether you can weather this thing at home or whether you're headed for uh, serious consequences, a bad outcome with COVID, you can use that device to, you know, first establish a baseline, find out, you know, what your usual breathing is when you're well, and then put the thing away. And then if you're sick and you're not sure if you need to go to the hospital, use it and see if your uh, oxygen levels deteriorate. So 95 is not an absolute cutoff. But if it's trending lower into the low 90s, uh, you got a problem. And uh, that means you need to arrange for yourself to be transported to the hospital safely, you know, by exposing a lot of people, and deposit yourself at the part of the hospital that admits patients with COVID-19 because you can't just walk into a doctor's office or hospital when you're infectious and get proper care. And there's no specific cutoff. I mean, if on an average day you're 96 or 97 and you go down to 95, well, maybe maybe the device isn't working that well. So you have to consistently demonstrate that uh, you're uh, heading in the wrong direction. So I wouldn't recommend. It also kind of breeds a certain obsessive behavior. You know, it's like, I got to see if I have COVID. You know, I'm going to put that little device on my finger. Like, how am I doing? How am I doing? I don't think that that's psychologically healthy. Here's something that I do think is healthy uh, and beneficial, especially amidst all the stress we're experiencing. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD oil to help my patients, but I also recommend CBD to healthy adults to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep. It's a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CB Sciences. And now I'm excited about a new product from Plus CBD, Plus CBD Maximum Strength Soft Gels. New Plus CBD Maximum Strength Soft Gels provide higher levels of CBD for the greatest impact on everyday health. This new product enables you to take fewer capsules to achieve an impactful level of CBD with the pre-measured servings and no hemp flavor. Plus CBD Maximum Strength Soft Gels are a no-mess, no-fuss way to take advantage of CBD's myriad of benefits. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com and use coupon code Hoffman for 20% off. That's pluscbdoil.com. Ask for Plus CBD Maximum Strength Soft Gels and their full range of products. All right, uh, this item has to do with napping. A lot of people think, well, napping's not good for you, but it may be beneficial, at least when it comes to your brain. Uh, in a group of elderly Chinese individuals, uh, they were assessed cognitively, and then they were polled as to whether they nap. And what they found is that there was significant differences in cognitive function 
uh, as well as blood lipids that were observed between the napping and the non-napping groups. Afternoon napping was associated with better cognitive function, including orientation, language, and memory. Subjects with a habit of afternoon napping also showed a higher level of triglyceride than the non-napping subjects, which I guess isn't good. But um, afternoon napping was related to better cognitive functioning in a population of aging Chinese. It's just as long, you know, napping is okay, but don't overdo it because you overdo napping and you'll deprive yourself of normal, optimal sleep later in the day. So, you know, limit your naps, make it 20 minutes, make it a half hour. You know, cat naps are great, but, you know, sleeping away the day and then tossing and turning at night, that can't be good for heart, brain, uh, or your overall outlook. All right. Uh, well, that's been a really great edition of Intelligent Medicine. A reminder, you can uh, pose questions at 877-726-8255 throughout the week. And uh, we also do wonderful podcasts. You can download those from our website at drhoffman.com or subscribe via your favorite podcast service. We're also on social media. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We post good things there. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, each week, uh, we boil down some of the most important stories of the week. We've got a feature on the Mediterranean diet this week. And um, we're going to share good information about ultra-processed foods in an upcoming newsletter. So check it out. Thanks for listening. Have yourselves a great week. Stay safe. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine.